Podcast. It is the Five Observations with Big Jim. I am your host, Big Jim, of the Huddle Up Podcast. You can always catch us on Tuesdays live right here on uh, Huddle Up Podcast, Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast, Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast, and on YouTube at Huddle Up Podcast. If you are not subscribed on all of those uh, channels as well as our podcast feed, find the link tree on our social media and uh, you will get connected to us so you never miss an episode. Check out our merchandise over at tpublic.com. Appreciate that. Uh, always appreciate the support of the show. Um, just want to remind everybody, we do have the uh, Five for Fighting, which is Mike Bernier's uh, weekly NHL feature on the uh, on the podcast feed now. We have this feature. Uh, hopefully here soon, uh, we're going to get Ernest, um, who is a uh, you know weekly uh, co-host of the Huddle Up Podcast live show. Uh, we'll be contributing NBA uh, weekly or bi-weekly feature to the uh, to the podcast feed. So if you're not uh, if you're not subscribed to the podcast feed, um, that uh, that is probably something you want to do. Uh, we have tons of content over there, and um, you know more comes out each and every week. Uh, we have a great team here. Uh, so we certainly do appreciate that support and the team. Uh, just after midnight, uh, Saturday night into Sunday, uh, November the 19th into November the 20th, uh, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving week. We will still be live, though, so nothing changing on our end uh, for a Huddle Up podcast this week. So uh, get get ready. Get ready for that uh, this upcoming week. So here are my five um, five observations um, from uh, this past week that was number one, uh, the Washington Capitals, my Washington Capitals, um, their injuries are going to be the reason, uh, primary reason why this team misses the postseason. And, and, uh, I know it's still, uh, pretty early. Um, I'm usually one of those people that is like, do not overreact to like early season successes or failures. Um, but you know we're we're a month into the over a month into the season now, and the the Capitals. Uh, what was the stat I saw earlier? I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull it up here. Um, the Capitals now have lost. Uh, I believe it's four games in a row. They um. They are. I mean, it is. It is just. Yeah, the uh, four nothing loss tonight to the Avalanche. Capitals have lost nine of their last eleven. They've lost four in a row. Um, the Washington Capitals currently are. Um, you know, can you free fall if you were at the bottom to begin with? Um, that's a question I'd like to hear. Uh, but the Capitals currently second to last place in the Metropolitan Division uh, with seventeen points. They're seven ten and three. Uh, to start the season um, in the conference overall, the Eastern Conference, they are fourth to last um, as uh, they sit only above um, 7-11-0 Buffalo, 6-10-1 Ottawa, and 6-10-1 Columbus. So um, even those Philadelphia Flyers, if you go back to the um, NHL season preview show that I did with Mike Bernier here on the feed, um, the, the Flyers who we were painting as going to be the worst, one of the worst teams in the league currently sits seven, seven and four, one point above the Washington Capitals. That's with two games in hand, by the way, the Capitals have played 20, the Flyers have played 18. Um, 
So I mean, they're 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 basically a quarter of the way through their season. The Capitals are, um, and I mean, just the number they're they're nearing uh, at or above now. Um, one hundred man games lost to injury. Um, just an absolute, and, and I mean, it's it's they they've been missing T.J. Oshie. They've been missing Tom Wilson, Nicholas Backstrom. They missed John Carlson for a little while. Um, Hagelin's still out. Brown's still out. Um, they, they, they're, they're missing a lot of, a lot of the important parts, uh, of their roster. They're, they're basically, um, you know, that they're very young roster at this point, uh, with, with faces from, uh, AHL Hershey, but you know, it's, it's disheartening when you're seeing, um, you know, just four years after a, a Stanley cup victory, um, it, that, that feels like it's a decade or more uh past uh, they are not where they should be um i think peter laviolette although with all the injury issues uh there's only so much that he can do as a head coach uh but i feel like he should also pr- probably be on the chopping block uh or that should be under consideration uh the capitals have not dramatically improved with him as head coach uh and obviously this year the the bottom has completely falling out um but really, you know, so so if nothing changes in the next five, ten games, uh, I think those those calls for Laviolette's uh, job, despite all the injury issues, um, are going to get louder and louder and louder. Hope maybe to the point where the Capitals organization has has no choice uh, but to oblige uh, and and listen uh, to the call. But um, and, and just lastly with this one, like to me, I just I'm looking at this and I'm like, are they wasting? What's left of Alex Ovechkin's um, greatest years? You know, he won a Stanley Cup in eighteen, and it was such a great story. Like even even outside of Capitals fans, I, I know a lot of hockey fans were uh, really excited to see Alex Ovechkin win his Stanley Cup. Um, but that couldn't be further away from now. They haven't won a playoff series uh, since their Stanley Cup championship win. And uh, it certainly does not look like they're going to make the postseason this year. So, um, uh, you know, I, I want to see him break Gretzky's record. I would love to see uh, him and the Capitals, of course, being my team. But for him, a guy who is so passionate about this sport um, and is one of the best to ever do it, to get another Stanley Cup would be huge. But um, it just and, – and my fear now, too, is, is with as bad and beaten up and um, – disheartened as this team is are the capitals now wasting some of his opportunity to break um Wayne Gretzky's goal record so uh, a lot of things to consider for the Washington Capitals moving forward and uh, I'm sure uh, Mikey B is going to have um some more thoughts on that in this week's uh upcoming weeks five for fighting um you know, this one, uh, for my second observation, the initial, I'm going to hold off until later on because I think, you know, with the with things that have happened in college football today, um, are going to have some more impact on this one. But um, I think people need to chill out with the Kurt, Kirk Cousins, Kurt Coopins um, narrative. Uh, I think too many people lean way too heavy into the he can't win in prime time, uh, look at his history and all of that. 
And like, I'm not denying that, uh, you know, I've had my fun with it as well. However, you know, he, he started in Washington, which the Washington, uh, franchise when he was there, um, you know, that, that franchise has been in disarray for, for a very long time. Um, so I, I, I don't know that the, uh, quote unquote prime time failures all fall on his shoulders. I get he's the starting quarterback and I get that as a starting quarterback, you hold a certain degree of expectation. And if things go wrong, a certain degree of blame, I do understand that part of it, but I, 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 I think it's too much of the blame maybe goes on him, uh, for maybe what happened in, in, in DC. Uh, and then even when he came to Minnesota, like how many years has Mike Zimmer been the head coach, had been the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings and they only got so far and they, and they were going up against, uh, great Green Bay Packer teams and they're going up against great competition throughout the NFC. Or if they got into big games, they'd be going up in great competition against AFC teams. So maybe the Vikings just weren't better than those teams. Um, and it had nothing to do with Kirk Cousins playing after 8 p.m. Um, but also, I think people are overlooking that this season, the Vikings have a new coach. And... Cousins may be playing the some of the best football of his career and has been revitalized with a new coaching staff that has a different vision and game plan and strategy and um, uh, a different way to attack the game. You know, I, under, I know, I know the Vikings' lone loss as of this recording time came to the Philadelphia Eagles in prime time. Okay. Keep in mind the Eagles were the last undefeated team in the NFL and are considered by some the best team in the NFL right now. Still, even after the the loss to Washington last week. So maybe we need to chill a little bit on the Kirk Cousins uh primetime narrative. Like if you want to put if you want to bring it up, that's fine. But like the notion that, and then people have started bringing in, well, what if they play in a London game at 9.30 in the morning? Or what if it's in like this featured game coming up uh, against the Dallas Cowboys uh, later on uh, today, Sunday, November the 20th? Like, that's a featured game. There's only like one other game, and it does get dark early now. Like, stop. And like, uh, saying that you would you would rather trust like a seven seed in the NFC over the Vikings if the game was played at, at 7 p.m. Stop. Like, you can, you, can, you can use a narrative only so far. You can, you can play a storyline only so far. But maybe start to look at, and this is something I brought up, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before in my observations. But, like, maybe we just, it goes back to the point of maybe we just need to start listening and paying attention to the things we're being told in front of us this year. And so far, that is the Vikings and Kirk Cousins are good. So maybe maybe we need to listen to that a bit more. Um, 
The NFL, uh, my next observation, the NFL and the Buffalo Bills. Well, at least the NFL. I'll get to the Bills. The NFL made the correct choice moving um, the game today, later today, uh, as of recording time. Again, recording here at, uh, just after midnight on November the 20th. To move the Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns game from Buffalo, they moved it to Detroit. And I saw a lot of people going, they're from Buffalo. They like the snow. Oh, this now every game is going to be played in a dome. Or um, what is it? This is the wussification of America. Why can't they play in the snow? Stop. Um, four plus feet of snow in areas of upstate New York. Okay, I didn't see all the official totals, so I don't know if it got the six feet or whatever was potentially forecasted. But like three, four, five feet of snow. Um, that's not safe to travel in. There's like states of um, state of emergency in upstate New York, so it's not safe to travel in. And secondly, the the amount of resources that would have to be used to clear parking lots and stadiums and all of that just to put on a game when there are so many people that are going to be without power, that are going to be injured, that are going to be sick, that have to clear their own areas out. Like, football's a game, okay? Like, I get it. I love football. And I get I, sports fans in the U.S. Like it's the it's our number one sport in the U.S. I get that, but it's it's a game. It's not worth risking lives for. So the NFL, NFL made the best choice when they did. Maybe they should have made it a day sooner. Because the Buffalo Bills, and and this is my only gripe with the situation, the Buffalo Bills waited until Saturday to leave town. So the you know those resources, they they had to be used to help clear and get Buffalo Bills players to an airport and on a plane and and, and flying out to Detroit. I saw Buffalo residents helping to shovel out a Bills player's driveway so he could get himself to the airport to fly to the the game. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. You can call me an asshole. I don't care. I'm not I'm not helping clear a, a NFL player's driveway if I'm still digging out from five feet of snow in my own damn house. Like the the overvalue the, the overvaluing of sports. Um was well on display this week from people. The game should have been moved, and I'm glad it was. The Bills should have left Buffalo when the game was moved. They should have they should have been able to they should have been planning. They should have already had a plan in place with the forecast that's been talked about for like over a week now. They should have had a plan in place and went, hey, if this gets moved, 
we are moving and we are we are getting out of here before it's unsafe to do so. But yeah, the NFL made the right move. Uh, my ne- my last two um, are kind of connected to each other, but I'll start here. Uh, college football fans way overvalue Ohio State and LSU. Um, Ohio State has not been dominant in multiple games this year. They struggled to put away Northwestern. They struggled today to put away Maryland. Don't look at the final score. Look at the context. They struggled to put away Maryland. Um, they they were in they were in a battle with Penn State into the second half, with Notre Dame into the second half. LSU has two bad losses. They got blown out by Tennessee, who lost today, but we'll I'll, I'll get there. And they lost to a Florida State team that's not good. Um, so don't, you know, LSU was ranked sixth this week. I don't think they should have been. It's the SEC bias, but that that's fine. I'm used to that. Um, Ohio State should not have been two. They should not be two this upcoming week, but well, I'll get there. Like, I, I, I don't, I, 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 I still can't understand why Ohio State is being as overvalued as they are. Like LSU got, they, they, they got boosted because they beat Alabama, even though this Alabama team is not what we've come to know as Alabama, but that, 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 that helped LSU so far up to this point. Um, they're going to have to prove it here soon. And so is Ohio state a week from today, but people love to overvalue these teams. And lastly, and I, and I talked about Tennessee losing Michigan and Ohio state got at least part of the help they needed today. Because the big discussion, and, and, and they, they, they said it on the, the, the ranking show last week um, and two weeks ago, that if it comes down to it, whoever loses the Michigan-Ohio State game is probably going to be out of the playoff picture because of Tennessee will find their way in. Because they were just outside. They were at number five. Just out of waiting for somebody to fall. Well, while they they were waiting for somebody to fall, Tennessee today lost. And Tennessee didn't just lose. Tennessee got their asses kicked. Tennessee going into their game against unranked South Carolina was a 21-point favorite. 
Number five, Tennessee was a 21 point favorite. They lost today 63 to 38. The 63 points scored by South Carolina is the most points scored by an unranked team against a top five opponent in almost a hundred years. Tennessee's done. Okay. So they are done. And what, and why I say that, that Michigan and, and Ohio state got, got the help that they need is today was a day where a lot of weird things happened. Georgia only beat Kentucky by 10. Michigan um, only beat Illinois by two. Ohio State had a close call with Maryland. Again, don't look at the score. Look at the context. TCU only beat um, only beat Baylor by one. USC only beat UCLA by three. And LSU, they 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 beat up UAB today by thirty one. Okay, so LSU, LSU is the outlier in the top seven this week with a big win. Um, but what everybody was saying is is assuming Georgia wins out, TCU wins out. And whoever wins Michigan and Ohio State wins the Big Ten title game the following week. You have three out of your four. So then it comes down to, does a one loss, the loser of Ohio State, Michigan? Or a one loss Tennessee team? Or a one loss, let's call them a one loss Pac-12 champion in USC? Who do you pick from those? Um, I mean, does a loss to the number two team in the country weigh more than a team in the Pac-12? Sure. Okay. Let's play that game. So USC is gone. So now who, now what? Does Tennessee's one loss to Georgia? Like, is, is, is that the one? Or is it? Is it uh, is it one loss, Michigan, Ohio State, who only lost to themselves? But then you look at resumes and you see that Tennessee beat, I mean, a Pitt team that was ranked at the time shouldn't have been ranked. Florida team ranked at the time shouldn't have been ranked. But they beat LSU. They beat Alabama. Okay. So that was, that was the big debate. Is it a one loss? Michigan or Ohio State or a one-loss Tennessee. You don't have to worry about that anymore. So now you go back again. Is it a one-loss Michigan or Ohio State? Or is it a one-loss Pac-12 champion USC? Does the committee overweigh the, the, the conference title win? 
or does it overlay the fact that USC has a worse loss than Michigan or Ohio State would? Because Michigan and Ohio State are 11-0. and They're going to be 2-3 and this week. It doesn't. It doesn't. Set, it doesn't set themselves up any better than that. I think you got to keep it close. But if you can do that, then I think there's potential to have an argument now that Tennessee is gone for a one-loss Michigan or Ohio State team to get in over USC. And that's assuming that USC beats Notre Dame and then wins the Pac-12 title game. Because, look, I'm not sitting here and saying that USC is – or that Notre Dame is going to beat USC next week. But I'm saying they can. Notre Dame has scored 35-plus points in five straight games. Notre Dame has the defense to disrupt USC. But Notre Dame has to be smart. They have, they have to keep the right game plan. And they have to keep USC off the field. But it's possible. I'm sure. I We haven't started prepping this week's Huddle Up podcast. But I'm sure that is one of the games we are going to be picking on the college football slate this week. But if you're a Michigan fan or you're an Ohio State fan, um, you can sleep a little bit easier tonight. Uh, and tomorrow and going into these college football playoff rankings, uh, knowing that uh, if you keep it close, you're still in play. Uh, you can follow me. I'm going to wrap up here. You're going to follow me. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports. Make sure you're following the show at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, and on YouTube. Make sure you check that out as well. If you have any doubts on where to find anything Huddle Up related, go to the Facebook page, go to the Twitter page. Uh, find the link tree in uh, on both of those. That'll take you directly to our merchandise store, uh, our sites on all podcast platforms. You head over to Anchor. We got even more linked over there. Our YouTube page, all of our all of our Twitter's personal and uh, and uh, business uh, for the for the show. Um, Facebook, Snapchat, or uh, not Snapchat, uh, TikTok, uh, and all of that. So. Uh, appreciate the support always. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again. We'll be live Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube uh, this Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, as we are uh, getting ready for the uh, for the Thanksgiving week. So, uh, and we are very thankful for all of you for your support. Until Tuesday night, hope you have a great couple of days. Enjoy your NFL Sunday, and as always, go for the win. <laughs>